Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. Joe, hey, buddy. What's good, Rick, man? Good <laughs> to see you. We are uh, amazing week of golf that we're coming off of, ready to roll it into. And now we're at the one-year anniversary of the very first IPO market for Jock Market. It's been a wild, wild year of golf. Uh, we're back where it all started. I can't. There's so much to talk about. We have to jump right into this. I can't believe it has been a year. I guess it's not really a year because it's been like 10 months, but this event marks the first event back uh, after the shutdown. So there's a lot of there's a lot of good feels around here. If you remember, Joe, the field was absolutely stacked. The first three events that, that we came back to were literally major championship like fields. This is an OK field. I think it's pretty top heavy. We'll talk about that. But yeah, this this certainly brings back some feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it was so good to see it back. And now it um, we just got to appreciate weeks like this where we're at the Charles Schwab Championship. You, you are correct. It is still a pretty decent field. We have definitely have some names, strong names at the top um, and a lot of stuff to talk about over the next 45 minutes here before IPO closes. That's right. So that's what's going to happen around 9 p.m. Eastern time. The IPO phase, the initial player offering is going to close right now. You can bid on shares of these golfers. We're going to talk about them much more in depth. We're going to talk about the course. We're going to do all that, but we would be wrong to not talk about Phil Mickelson's victory last week. Joe, he becomes the oldest man to ever win a major championship. I know that, uh, it, you know, we, we had Brooks tickets. Right. So yeah. it, it wasn't I don't want to call it bittersweet because it was good for Phil. But my goodness, when when they had that two shot swing right out of the gate, I thought we were getting Alpha Brooks shut it down on Sunday. Absolutely. I was right there with you. I had the feelings going um, and then Phil punched back and then yeah. Brooks punched back. It was like an epic 12 round heavyweight title fight. Um, in a storybook ending that I'm not sure you could convince uh, Steven Spielberg to believe. Like, unbelievable. <laughs> the oldest guy to ever do it on the longest golf course ever. Like, you know, the crowd right there. Like, the fans are back. Everything. Um, it was just incredible uh, four hours of television that watching them two duel it out. It felt like that was the first time we've re like fans were a big part of it. And it felt like that was the first time I felt like fans were a big part of it. And of course, maybe the most popular guy ever, Phil Mickelson, uh, gets the job done only fitting. And, and, and it made you a lot of money in the jock market too, Joe. So, uh, this time last week, here it is. This is all available at rickrungood.com. Uh, last week at this moment, Phil Mickelson sold, for $2.50, he closed with the full $25 a share payout for a profit of $22.50 per share. That'll get the job done. No doubt about it. Massive <laughs> jump for Phil. Uh, that $2 range is, is crazy. We've just been seeing guys fly up the boards in that range. Um, one thing that I kind of took away from the week, and when the scoring is tough, um, the pre-ranks, like, they end up mattering a lot. So I had Brooks, for instance. He was my biggest stake, essentially. Um, I think I had 30 shares of Brooks. And him tying with Louie in the end, you know, was a difference between $20 a share and $18 a share, which was basically the difference for me in terms of winning like 90 bucks and breaking even. So 
just kind of one takeaway that I came with uh, from last week, and there's plenty of examples up and down the board, but you, I think you really have to weigh that in. And I'm going to start to kind of put a heavier emphasis on that, you know, as I try and, and isolate different guys, because, you know, a $2 per share difference can be a huge jump in the end and make a big difference. And it all comes down to that pre-rank. While our Brooks Kepka outright tickets went into the trash can in the jock market, it was a very, very good week. Brooks was $5.88 a share on last Wednesday. He finishes in that tie with Louis Ustazen and gets a, pays out $18 a share, Joe. So th- this could not be a better example of the demise we felt in the outright market and then the success to be had here in the jock market. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice to hedge a little outright bet there in the jock market, but um, no doubt you got Louie, you got Brooks, you got guys like Kevin Streelman and these guys that all um, in some respects for some people may have had a disappointing Sunday. In reality, in the jock market, they still made three, four five X on their money. So they were great plays. And, and that's kind of what we see and what's sort of unique about this platform. Let me do a couple pieces of housekeeping here. Uh, we are giving away $100 in jock bucks in five $20 increments. If you want to enter a draw to win jock bucks, all you have to do is drop your jock market username in the chat. That'll get you entered and we'll draw them five times throughout the evening. While you're doing that, you might as well just hit the like button. And while you're doing that, you might as well just download and deposit on Jock Market. If you haven't done so yet, use the code POWER20. That will get you a $20 deposit bonus. But here we are, full circle, Joe. Uh, Charles Schwab Challenge this week, Colonial Country Club. This is a place that uh, should be seen as a staple on the PGA Tour. It is host. Uh, the course has hosted this event every single year of its existence. Yeah, absolutely. It's had a lot of different names over the years, but the one thing that's been consistent is the course and typically how it plays. So um, it's one of these spots where last week we had something very unfamiliar where we were kind of trying to, to to guess in terms of you know how it's really going to play, how much is the win, what are going to be the tough holes, all that kind of stuff you could do your research on, but you didn't really know till the event started. This, we have a good idea. You know, it usually plays fairly tough. We know that it's tight. We know that it's tree line. We know it's not overly long and it's going to be sort of par four specialists and people that can kind of check a lot of different boxes in terms of strengths because um, the best all around player typically wins here. Daniel Berger, Kevin Na, Kevin Kisner, Justin Rose, Jordan Spieth. Those are some of your recent winners. There's not a straight through line for all of those guys. So you're right. There's kind of a lot of different ways to get it done, Joe. And it really it really creates opportunities, I think, here in the jock market where there's going to be a lot of guys. I mean, I imagine the first page of this leaderboard when we get to Sunday evening, it's going to have maybe some names that we expect. But a lot of names that we don't expect, and we talk about those penny stocks, that $4 and under range that seem to always kind of disproportionately uh, pay out, I think that's our target range for a lot of this week. Yeah, I think so too. You just got to find the right diamonds in the rough, so to speak, Um, you know, because there's a lot of guys that are going to be down there. It's picking and isolating the right ones, but I think that you were – correct in your assessment that it's going to take the full all-around game when you when you just mentioned those names to me to me you know just hearing that i'm like man it's going to be one of these guys who tends to get a a blazing hot putter because (laughs) when you when you talk about nah and you talk about speed these are guys that all of a sudden pop in putting and gain like eight strokes on the green 
Uh, so look for a guy that kind of has that ability, but maybe doesn't always show it. So you're looking for a guy that's going to be able to to have hit his approach shots well, to be able to find himself in a lot of fairways, crafty around the green. And you want to see that upside on the greens because that's ultimately what I think is has brought a lot of these guys to victory. All right, well, let's take a look over at the big board. I'll unveil the pricing live right now. So this is the live pricing for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. Abraham Answer, currently our most expensive golfer. Joey's $8 a share. So if you're new, if you're following along, what does that mean? Well, essentially it means if he finishes anywhere 17th or better, he is going to turn you a profit at $8. Obviously, if he goes for more than that, call it $9. You're asking him to finish 13th or better. Is there any surprise, Joe, to see Abraham Answer's name atop the big board here with about, I don't know, 30 minutes to go in IPO? Mostly, yes. I think it is very surprising. He's not the best player in this field. He has zero career victories. Um, but where it's kind of not surprising is you could sort of see this coming if you you know followed any content throughout the week. He's been really popular on a lot of betting cards. You know, coming off the Sunday sixty-five back to Texas, back to a place where he's familiar, um, back to a place where he likes playing. You could kind of see it coming. Now, should he be the highest priced player? I don't think so. Um, there's three, four, five guys that I think have a lot more upside and win equity this week. That said, the form's fantastic. Uh, everything should set up well, but but yeah, I'm surprised he's the highest guy on the board right now. Well, three guys that you're probably including in that short list are right behind Abraham Answer, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas. They are the only three golfers currently at $7. And if I know anything about the jock market, especially in weeks where the field is a bit top-heavy, one, two, maybe three of these guys are going to be pushing $10 by the time this IPO closes. I think so, especially in a top-heavy field like this. I would tend to agree. Rick, can you imagine three months ago having Spieth and Thomas next to each other and being like, man, I've got a lot of question marks off the tee <laughs> for Justin Thomas, right? Spieth has been so incredible off the tee. And Thomas um, is struggling there right now. And, and it's usually a, an area and a strength of his, even though approach is his bread and butter. Normally a great player off the tee. I think he has you know, the upside where he could potentially pop here at any given moment. But I think Spieth is, is ironically the, the safest play up here. <laughs> it's getting harder and harder to argue that every single week he goes out and plays. He has, I looked this up. So he has played colonial eight times. Jordan Spieth has his average finish, average finish 9.5. He's averaging a top 10. That is arguably, I didn't look it up. I could, I, I, didn't want to spend the time doing it. That might be the best average finish of any golfer who's played any event, like at least five or six times. There was a run where Hideki at waste management, he had like the win and the runner up runners up, but then he mm -hmm. had, I think he withdrew one year. So that would have spiked his average. Like this is probably the best average for any player at any event. Yeah. That makes sense without seeing right? the data. I right. mean, we you immediately think maybe yeah, it's if it's a record, Tiger's probably done it, right? Okay, you know, that doesn't Tiger doesn't count all like this stuff. Yeah, Tiger Stone or somewhere yeah. like that. But yeah, Bay, if, you did, Bay if, you Hill. Think, if you take Tiger out of it, um, yeah, that's insane. Ninth or better on average. That means if you just take that average finish, he'd be going for what, like uh twelve dollars a share tonight or something like that? 
Yeah, exactly right. He'd be going for about $12 a share, maybe eleven fifty, something like that. And while I have this sorted, Joe, you mentioned it earlier, this pre-rank column, this is essentially what is going to break all ties. And, and we've uh, admittedly been pretty critical uh, about the way that jock market does this. And there's a question in the chat about it from Jeff, and, and we'll, we'll address it because I think the big takeaway here is Colin Morikawa is the 18th ranked player in, in the pre-rank, which means there are 17 golfers that if they tie in the same position are going to get the nod over Colin Morikawa in the payout. And we've, uh, I know you have made suggestions about ways that this, this pre-ranking can be improved because there's no way Colin Morikawa is the 18th best player in this field. No, there's no way. But, but you know, the fact of the matter is, is, is that's what it is, right? That's how right. we have to play it. And you just have to factor that in when you're targeting players and your rankings and understand that there's going to be 17 players that are going to break a tie against Colin Morikawa. And shoot, if there's a three-way tie for second, that's a $4 difference. You know what I mean? So that that ultimately is going to make or break a lot of your weeks. You definitely have to take this into account. If you were making, you know, a lot of us like to make models for DraftKings and for, and for um, you know, for to try and isolate betting guys. If you were making a model for jock market, you would have to put a decent percentage into this pre-rank, I think, because it's going to make the difference, I think, in a lot of occasions more than you think. And that's one of the things I took away from last week. I completely agree. So whether you agree with it or not, it is what we are playing under. So it needs to be factored into the price that you might end up be willing be willing to pay for all of these guys. Because if you look at someone like a Justin Thomas, you know, if you were trying to break a tie, literally break a tie between him and Jordan Spieth, well, uh, you know, there are five other golfers who are going to beat Jordan Spieth in the pre-rank. But JT, he holds the trump card. Uh, anybody he ties with, he is getting the highest payout. So it's just got to be factored into uh, your process. And I think that's... That's a really, a really good way to look at it. I do have the first $20 we're going to give away to Jock Market right now, and it is going to go to Hank, Red Dog 63 Congratulations. We'll get you all set up. And by that means, I'll email the guys at Jock Market, and they will credit your account. Uh, if you would also like an opportunity to win $20 to the Jock Market, uh, go ahead, drop your username in the chat. That'll get you entered in. We've got four more to give away as the night goes on. Okay. Uh, going back to the IPO prices, Joe. So we talked about the kind of the big four at the top, and then we start going down into the sub $7 range. Corey Connors, Daniel Berger, our defending champion, Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, and Joaquin Neiman. They're all, as of my last refresh, in this $6 range. What are we thinking about these guys? So a couple of different thoughts here. I like Patrick Reed. And if you followed any of the stuff that I've done this week, I bet Patrick Reed. I think that I will have a lot of shares of him and other markets but i do think where he has the win equity that some of these other guys don't have he's not necessarily the safest play because he's he's pretty volatile in terms of scoring and we know how things can go for patrick reed although he has been much more consistent of late um but you have guys like finau and connors um and these type of guys you know at a decent ipo price right now i think could make a lot of sense because they're really they may have a higher percentage of like top tens than patrick reed so um, they could possess a lot more value in a, in a platform like jock market than they would in just an outright market, as we've talked about many times before. But I still like Reed. Um, I think he has a good shot to win. And if I think he has a good shot to win, then I, I should probably buy some shares of him, right? It was very astute of you to mention kind of the way that he's priced in in a lot of the outright markets is he's priced around a lot of guys who don't win. 
I mean, you look at some of the guys and uh, Abraham answer, Will Zalatoris, Tony Finau, and it's not that they can't win or they won't win. It's just that they haven't won. And Patrick Reed is an absolute winner. So I, 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 I've only made three outright bets this week. I think it's a very top-heavy board. Patrick Reed was one of them, Joe. So fingers crossed we can get ourselves a Reed victory come, uh, come Sunday evening. In there together. I'm in the trenches with you. Also, it's been raining for like two weeks. Let's play ball in hand. Let's play like, listen, Patrick Reed loves picking his ball up, loves cleaning it. Let's let's go. These are his conditions. If it's ball in hand, that's right in his wheelhouse, baby. Uh, he'll set it up perfect for himself. So, yeah, right in his wheelhouse back in Texas. Um, he played he's, he's won there before. Right. So not at this particular event, but in the state of Texas, obviously. And, and, and I just think he sets up great, right? He's got a lot of, a lot of top end um, chances to win. There has been uh, some movement. Jordan Spieth flies up the board. He is now the most expensive golfer in the jock market for this evening. He's $9.27. Also saw a big move on Will Zalatoris, $7.99, the same price as Colin Morikawa as of my last refresh. And Joe, is there anything? literally anything this guy cannot do <laughs> i don't know like top tens in every major that you've played in it's unbelievable to even think of um what i would say is they've all played as pretty difficult majors so the u.s open at wing foot was very difficult um the ocean course last week was extremely difficult the masters this year played much more difficult so maybe you know he gets in these regular pga tour stops and if and if it plays to sort of a birdie fest maybe that's not exactly his thing you know he he's he's great and he's done great but he hasn't won and it hasn't been that long but he wasn't exactly a, a profound winner on the corn Ferry tour either he's so consistent that you know what's going to happen but it just all depends on the number, right? $8 a share. He's right there with Justin Thomas right now. So there's other plays that I would go to if he stays at that price. Going back down, catching up in our spot, you know, Tony Finau, Sung JM, Brian Harmon, they're kind of in that $6 range at the moment. And I think, I, you know, I described this field as top heavy, and I would probably put that for, I don't know, 10 or 12 guys. I think, I think when we start to get down to, the Kokrak, Kirk, Woodland, Grillo group. That's kind of the next tier for me, Joe. Is that where you would draw the line of, of, of win equity? Yeah, absolutely. Their, their win equity is not nearly the same, but their top 20 equity is pretty darn good, right? I, you know, there's it's tough. What do you – I wanted to ask you about this. Where Do you put much stock into sort of the – hometown or even further home course narrative like we have sort of with Ryan Palmer or is that just guys talking it doesn't really mean anything where do you kind of stand on that fence I, I'm glad it's this week that you asked me that question because Ryan Palmer at Colonial is on record saying uh, I play Colonial all the time but when I played in a tournament it looks weird to me right because it's got grandstands and there's a bunch of people out there and it's not your Tuesday game so here's Ryan Palmer he's currently four dollars and 43 cents in the jock market and uh what I what we have seen from him at in his career at Colonial is uh it's a really a mixed bag I think in his last eight starts he's got three top tens but he also has three missed cuts and then he's got kind of two in the middle so it's not like he dominates 
colonial because he's a member here. Does he have an advantage maybe on some of these greens? Sure. Does it look weird for him at times? Sure. I just, you know, he doesn't have the record, at least him at this course to, to really say, oh, wow, there's an advantage to being a member here. Good. That's, That's kind of what I, I was thinking as well. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of guys down here that I, I, you know, listen, it's the year of Stuart Sink. It is the year of Phil Mickelson. Uh, Matt Kuchar is playing well. And I told you before Thanks. we went hot, uh, I've made three bets. Uh, I've mentioned Reed being one of them. Believe it or not, Matt Kuchar is another one. And I don't think that I have bet Matt Kuchar in two years, but we are seeing him play a lot better. We are seeing the metrics come back to life a little bit. We're getting him on a course that I think is probably one of the better spots for him. Am I crazy here? Like what, what is going on with Cooch? No, I don't think so. Um, look, he was never going to play well last week. Uh, he just doesn't have the distance to, to compete anywhere near the course that length. And I think that, um, yeah, he was never going to play well, but you look right before that. Um, you have it up there. The heritage, very tight, shorter tree lined golf course. Um, par 70, so he played really well there. And then you go to the Byron Nelson, which I thought this year TPC Craig Ranch played similar. You know, it was pretty tight off the tee. There were shots that were very into into sort of narrow runways coming in. Um, so it, also in Texas, also in the Dallas area, so back-to-back top 20s. Played really good at the match play out of Dallas as well. Made a nice little run there. So I think he's definitely one of the guys that I have favorited this week sort of on my short list. We'll kind of see where that price ends up, you know, sticking around over the last five, 10 minutes or so. And, yeah, because we are about uh, 20 minutes, maybe a little bit less than that for this IPO to close. And uh, I want to bring up this question from Andrew in the chat referencing Kevin Streelman and our thoughts on him. But I want to throw Streelman into kind of a bigger conversation, Joe, about some of the guys who played well last week uh kevin shrillman you can say phil mickelson guys who are coming off in a very emotional long grueling major championship now heading to colonial do we think it might be advantageous are they are they hot do we think they might be burned out what, what are we dealing with here so i thought a lot about this this week i kind of had the same thought as well for me I think I give a little bit of a plus to the guys that had the week off, to be honest with you. You look at Streelman there and it's kind of right around the, the like a guy like Chris Kirk, for instance. Um, just it was a grueling task last week, and especially guys that were up on that leaderboard late. Um, it was a lot of long rounds and it was very different than any course that they're used to playing. I think ultimately it's going to boil down to the individual player. But I think on a broad spectrum, if we're looking at this from from 10,000 feet, as they say, I would almost lean toward the guys who come in a little bit fresh, right? Who didn't have to go through that grind, didn't have to take the flight to Fort Worth and stop and see the family on the way. I like I'm going toward that route this week. Fair enough. Down under the $4 range, we start to get to Harold Varner the third. We start to get to Cam Davis. Maverick McNeely is a guy that I got asked about uh, constantly on, on my live chat earlier this afternoon. Uh, are any of these names here ones that you're going to have favorited and keeping an eye on this evening? Keeping a close eye on Harold Varner for sure. Um, this was the event last year where he was leading for a while. Um, it was him and Spieth, I think, we're in like one of the last groups, right? Together. I thought it was him and Berger, but it could have been him Maybe and Spieth. Because Maybe I was. remember thinking, I remember thinking 
Wow. What a great, like burger who, you know, is trying to win for the, at the time, trying to win for the first time in whatever. And he gets this really good Sunday pairing with, maybe it was a Saturday pairing with Varner with no fans. Like this is just, this is a, a perfect opportunity for one of these guys to come through and win it. Yep. And I can remember it too, because he was, I remember Harold being first round leader. Um, and I remember it because it was kind of a big deal, right? Because we were going through the whole, like the whole George Floyd thing and all this stuff we were coming off of sort of coming into this event. And it was a big deal to, to sort of have Harold up there at the top of the leaderboard and, and be able to get a little bit of exposure there. Um, but yeah, honestly didn't play too poorly last week. Not a bad finish for him played really well at the heritage, which I'm kind of using as yeah, so not only a recent, but a comp course. So yeah, it's coming to a good spot. And then I still see, let me see if he's still down there, but Phil, I mean, what do we do with Phil? I have no idea. So hold on. Let me see if I can find Phil. I have him at $3.39. I might be a little bit behind. Uh, Listen, I have been banging the Phil drum for two months, right? The metrics are improved, all that good stuff. The thing that I cannot quantify, Joe, which I hate, I like to be able to quantify everything. I have no idea how tired he is. I have no (laughs) idea what the, what the media stuff, I mean, all the things that he has done in the last 48 hours or 72 hours is craziness and i don't and and if this was a football game or anything like that it would be a pure look ahead game the guy is like okay i'm gonna play colonial i'm coming off an emotional win i know i'm gonna take two weeks off and i'm gonna go back to my hometown i'm gonna go back to tory pines and try to complete the career grand slam if he plays well this week that would be the biggest tip of the cap because there is every reason for him to pack this up on friday and go home same. I'll be shocked if he plays well, but I was shocked last week. But like you said, liking it to a football game, this is this is beating the Patriots on Monday night, and then you've got to come back for a Thursday, Thursday night game. Thursday nighter. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's still a good price, though, right now. So if he could, you know, he kind of made the comments after, which I thought was funny. It's like, this might be my last win ever. <laughs> Or I might just go on a little bit of a tear right here. <laughs> one, one or the other. <laughs> what, do we, what do we know? Yeah. Um, but he's right there. Kevin Kisner's right there, right below him at 325, a previous winner here who's not in great form. But, I mean, shoot, Phil wasn't in great form coming into last week. So, yeah, let me let me give my board a refresh. I'm a couple minutes behind here, so I'm going to okay. give that a refresh. And while I do, uh, I'm going to give away 20 more dollars to the jock market. And that is going to go to Logan. At Tridge, Tridge 575, congratulations. We'll get you all set up with your $20 into the jock market. And if you want an opportunity to win $20, go ahead and put your jock market username in the chat. Hit the like button. It goes all long way. All right, let me get this refresh up here, Joe. All right. So we are seeing a little bit of movement. Speed still at the top. Abraham answer $8.51. We still see the two ball strikers, Morikawa and Zalatoris at $7.99. Reed has made a little bit of a move. I think Joaquin Neiman has made a bit of a move, but pretty holding pretty strong after that. So let's go back down. We've got about 15 minutes to go in this IPO phase. Let's get back down into the depths here, into the penny stocks. Uh, here is... Kevin Kisner, you mentioned a 325. So that leads us down into kind of the $3 range. Harry Higgs, $3.20, had a nice finish last week. Um, Luke List, Peter Uline, Rory Sabatini, are any of these names in this range doing it for you? Yeah, I think right there, right above $3. Uh, there's two guys that one that I know you like, one that I like, Whaley and McCarthy. Um, they're not going to be flashy picks, but if they hang around that price, they've just both of them have just been consistently making cuts. 
in coming in like the top 30. So that's where you'll make a lot of money at, you know, on a $3 play. And should they be able to have a week where they finish like eighth or something like that, you'll be able to turn a really good profit in there. A lot of interesting names down in the twos. You know, I'm looking like a lot of guys that I think could just get a, a, a hot week sort of. Anurban Lahiri plays well here. Um, you know, Wyndham Clark's an interesting one. Ian Poulter's coming off a decent win last week. Peter Uline is kind of in decent form and had some good runs around here. Anybody that, that you see that kind of sticks out to you in this range? Yeah, Uline's the guy that has been splitting time between the PGA and the Corn Ferry, and he's been playing pretty well across both of them. I thought I saw a name. Adam Shank. Okay, so Adam Shank was the guy who was basically Vincent Whaley at the end of 2020 where he had made like nine consecutive cuts and he was just kind of finishing in this, you know, 25th to 35th range. And then he went through this rough month or so. And now Shank's kind of turning back into that again, which is nice. So I think that he's at $2 and 61 cents. And then, oh man, I mean, I'm, I'm now down sub 250. Uh, this is where I think I think it starts to get difficult for me with Poston and Adam Long and Cam Champ. I mean, this to me, this to me is the real flyer zone. Absolutely, yeah, it's a real flyer zone. I think that yeah, I have some interest in Hoagie down there. Um, Benny Ahn's kind of an interesting one for me. I tend to play him more than I should, but he's <laughs> at least trending in the right direction. I think back to back to back tournaments where he's kind of improved his his stats across the board. He is, you know, if there's one thing that he's good at, he's really good around the greens. And I think that that's going to be a big part of this week uh, is kind of getting up and down in these smallish greens. They're relatively tree-lined, so if you get yourself into trouble, you may not have a direct shot at the green, but you can get it up somewhere close, and then you've got to get that up and down for par. Uh, for Telly's another Texas guy. So there's, there's, some, there's definitely some names down here in this low $2 range. It's just about finding them. Going back up to the top of the board, you know, some interesting things. I think Corey Connors is an incredibly interesting case study. Um, He was very, very popular for multiple weeks. And now it seems like people aren't as excited about him. And he didn't do anything wrong, Joe. He just like hasn't won. You know what I mean? Like there's this, there's this weird kind of thing where we go through these cycles in this industry of like, oh, we love this guy and he's about to win. Like we're at, we're at Abraham answer right now. That's where we're at. We're at Abraham answer right now. So so when answer finishes T19 this week, we're going to be like, oh, but like, that's a great, that's a great finish. A PGA tour. It's a great finish. I feel like we're kind of there with Connors. He's, he hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't won. He's just kind of floating around. Yeah, no, there have been a lot of people who have bet him. There have been a lot of people who have paid a really high price on DraftKings for him. And it hasn't necessarily totally paid off, particularly if you bet him. But it, what you can see is that if you've been buying shares of Corey Connors on Jack yeah. Market, you're up a ton. He's one of the one of the best performing guys that we've seen. We looked a couple of weeks ago. And if you look at like the total amount of tournaments that he's played, what's his what's his like average ROI there? Yeah, forty forty eight percent across eighteen different cash markets. It's as good as anybody we've seen, right? In that many markets, uh, it is. Yeah, I mean, well, Robert Streb doesn't really count because all of his came in one. One, but yeah. In terms of like consistency, so he's right here. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Stuart Sink would be up there, but he hasn't played as much. It's it's probably it's probably Connors, yeah. 
In terms of like, yeah, in terms of like a, a generally higher priced guy, you know what I mean? There's a lot of guys down there that, like you said, had one huge, they were a dollar fifty nine and they had a huge week. But Connors has pretty consistently been between like four and seven dollars per share, and he's still yeah. returning value there. Yeah, it's 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 pretty incredible what he's been up to. Okay, let me give this <clears throat> another refresh here just so that we are on all on the same page. Uh, you know, Daniel Berger, I think, is also interesting because he won this event last year, Joe, and really only had one good round at the PGA Championship. It was Friday. Uh, Thursday was ugly. He played himself, he played himself into the weekend. He didn't play particularly well all weekend. I think he finished 75th. And now he hangs here at $7.50. And I think a lot of people have thrown up their hands and are wondering what to do with him. He tends for me, Berger, it tends to to really be a form player and that when he's really clicking on all cylinders, he'll play really well back to back to back weeks. But we've seen some pretty big fall offs for him in the past where he's gone through some struggles in his game and it may take six months to a year to get it back. Didn't play great last week at the PGA Championship. I know he was kind of unfairly uh, the brunt of a lot of Thursday jokes <laughs> and then made the cut, but yeah, if you look other than that, I mean, solid, right? Byron, third. Yeah. Came out of nowhere, stormed the Byron late. So if you, he was a guy that you could definitely have got some shares on uh, on Sunday morning or Saturday night at the Byron and really stormed that later board. And the Heritage, another top 15 as well. So maybe we are kind of sleeping on Burger this week. That's a good point when you kind of see those in front of you. Yeah, the numbers the numbers don't lie. Um, answer would have been another guy who made a huge move on Sunday, where you probably could have bought him for I don't know what you could have bought him at, but yeah. shoots a shoots a sixty five on Sunday, flies. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think people are starting to catch a lot of steam around someone like a Matt Wallace, who you know makes the cut last week. Uh, he finished fifty fifth, but he has been consistently one of the better ball strikers. He's been consistently near the top of the leaderboard. I feel like it, it, once answer finishes t nineteen this week, we're all going to be. Switching switching to Wallace, you know, in the next week or two, maybe we should get out ahead of him and buy some shares right now. You might be right. Yeah. <laughs> Wallace is definitely going to be hot. Um, you know, it's, it's starting to get out of those hundred to one numbers and down to 50 and he's going to be 30 soon, but it kind of an interesting, like, I, I guess from the, an outside looking in, I had always thought that Wallace was just very good sort of off the tee and like his prowess was with the driver and in the longer clubs, but He's really good on in his approach game. So I think that while he does have the length to compete at these longer golf courses, I think a, a strategy and sort of a, a technician-specific golf course like this may lend itself pretty well toward his game. Yeah, he does not have as many uh, rounds as everybody else because he is, you know, he's like a Euro Tour guy, right? But he is... 10th on tour in strokes gained approach. Now he only has 29 measured rounds, but that is enough to qualify for stats. And he is 10th on the PGA tour. He's 53rd off the tee. He's 14th from T to green. He's excellent from T to green. And believe it or not, he's a plus putter. Um, again, very small compared to his peers, the number of measured rounds, but Matt Wallace gets it going. Okay, Joe, we are probably seven to eight seven to nine minutes away from this IPO closing. We're not quite ready to let you go do your thing yet, but tell mm -hmm. the people how you're planning. Okay. You've got your, you've got your guys favorited. You've been keeping an eye on it. You're going to try to create your portfolio. Walk us through how the next, you know, 10 minutes or so are going to go. Yeah. So as any of you guys know who are doing this with me, it's kind of madness, right? But I basically going to frantically flip back and forth. I, I try to use the favorites to really isolate the guys that I want to target 
But that said, you still got to go back to that big board because you don't know who's, you know, who kind of drops, for instance, and who just stays stagnant and who may be able to, you know, by seeing the board and all of a sudden you see a name down there and you're like, wow, he's that far down. So you got to keep an eye on everybody. I usually like to try and get anywhere between like four and seven guys, a couple at the top, a couple at the middle, a couple down low. That's kind of where I've I've been able to make my hay and and sort of have my better weeks. So I will try to stick to that again this week. But essentially, yeah, the last five minutes get really frantic. I like to put in a couple of shares at a price that I feel comfortable with and then just keep an eye on them and your holdings and see, you know, really monitor the guys that are getting close to that target price. And you'll see kind of some of the guys that you have a little bit of wiggle room in. Jordan Spieth holding strong at $9.27. We are seeing a bit of movement behind him. Justin Thomas closing the gap, $8.75. Abraham answer as well. And Patrick Reed is on the move. I have uh, 20 more dollars to give away. So this is the third of five. I'll give one away now. I'll give one away after IPO closes. And I'll give the final one away uh, before we get out of here around 9.15 p.m. Eastern time. So this one goes to DJ. Congratulations at Chiefs for Life. We'll get you set up there. And if you have not, if you have dropped your uh, username in the chat, do it again. Hit the like button. Make sure you're subscribed. All that good stuff. And Joe, you know, the, the movement we're seeing uh, on some guys means there's not much movement on others. I think the big one that has left me scratching my head this week is Tony Finau. And I've avoided talking about him because I don't know what to do with old hunky Tony. Neither do I. I never know what to do with Tony. So when I put, you know, he's so consistent, though, in, in a format like this. And, like, how did he even finish eighth last week? I did. I saw nothing of him. So um, interesting. You know, he's had some good finishes here. It seems like a place where he can kind of hit his long driving iron, so to speak, off the tee and get himself a lot of pitching wedges in. And he's just going to have to putt good one of these weeks. You know, he's got a knack clearly for not closing the door and getting victories, but you don't necessarily need it here. A top five will do you really well, especially at around $7 and 50 cents or eight bucks a share. A couple of guys that I think users are trying to figure out, should they forgive and forget Brian Harmon, who quite frankly, that course was way too big for him last week. He misses the cut Cameron Tringale, who had been playing well. He was coming off of an, another missed cut, but the metrics were all there. And then he, I mean, I don't know what he did four holes. He was like 13 over par. It was, it wasn't pretty Joe. Are we willing to kind of forgive and forget on these guys and consider them as viable options for this week? Yeah, I think so. Look, if you make a 10 on a hole, something, and I didn't see any of it, but something has to go really badly. Um, there had to be a lost ball. There had to be some sort of re-tee situation. There were multiple lost balls, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not going to kill him for it. He's been playing really good. When we were here at the Valero, he was, uh, I believe, the leader through the first round, the leader through three rounds. He was first round leader at the Honda. Um, he's playing really good at some of the on some of these shorter golf courses. It seems to fit his wheelhouse. He's just in the best form, I think, of his career. So I'm willing to go back there should the price be right. Absolutely. All right, Joe, have at it. You are off and running. So here's what's going to happen. We are sending Joe on his way. He is going to go and uh, bid on his golfers. We're going to be able to talk about his portfolio after this IPO phase closes, which is probably in the next three to five minutes. And I'm going to take you uh, the rest of the way here. And Jordan Spieth has been hanging on at $9.75. If you're a buyer at $9.75, you are asking him to finish 12th or better, 12th place. Would pay out ten dollars a share. That would make you 
money. That is called a profit. Right behind Jordan Spieth, Abraham answer 877 and Jordan and Justin Thomas at 875. We have not seen much movement on those golfers. The movement that we are seeing is from the middle, kind of up to the top here. Corey Connors is now an $8 a share price. That means if he finishes 18th, that will break him even. If he finishes better than that, obviously he's going to make you money. Daniel Berger still holding on at 7 to 77. And the guys lining up behind Scotty Scheffler, Joaquin Neiman, Charlie Hoffman, Sung JM, Tony Fina, all lining up behind the defending champion. Going a little bit further down the board, uh, Harold Varner III, that is a name that we've spoken about this evening. He's now up to $5.55. Matt Kuchar, I spoke about earlier, I believe he was $4.50 when we talked about him. He is now $4.98. So a $5 price on Matt Kuchar essentially is asking him to finish 33rd or better. If you think he can do that, you could be a buyer at $5. We are probably two minutes or so away from this IPO closing. Uh, we have had early closes. We have had late closes. There is that 90-second window in which it can close at any moment. So I think things are certainly going to be spicing up here at the moment, and they are spicing up in the jock market. Jordan Spieth on the verge of breaking through the $10 mark. He's $9.99. Will Zalatoris making a move. He is now on the verge of breaking through $9. He's at $8.99. Abe answer. No love for the last couple of minutes. He's been still hanging there at $8.77. Patrick Reed has tied Justin Thomas at $8.75 as well. Not much movement below that. There is probably plenty of value to be had for the guys under, let's call it Colin Morikawa. And Morikawa, who is arguably maybe the best player in this field, if not one of the top three best players in this field, currently priced as the sixth most expensive golfer in the jock market, which means I think we are due for a refresh because there is certainly a chance that things are going to get really spicy here in the final minute or so. And we are in that time period, Joe. We are in that moment where this IPO can close at any minute. It's probably going to close, I'm going to guess, let's call it in 60 seconds. I don't know that for sure, but we are now in that time frame. Jordan Spieth has done it. $10. He is our most expensive golfer. Justin Thomas trying to catch him $9.25. If you're looking at Justin Thomas at $9.25, you need him to finish 13th or better. Coming off a missed cut, JT usually bounces back very quickly. Morikawa is catching steam. He's now the fourth most expensive golfer at $8.88. I thought Joe was giving me the signal. It is not the signal. We are still You're hot. still going. We're we still, still hot. <laughs> Tony Finau did move up over $8. He's now eight and a quarter. Daniel Berger broke through the $8 mark as well. And Patrick Reed still hangs at $8.75. I'm stunned at the lack of movement at Abraham answer. Maybe the sentiment on him is not nearly as strong as we once anticipated because he's still hanging at $8.77. And the guys that we just talked about at the end, Harmon and Tringale, are making moves up the board. They're closing in on the $7 mark. If you're buying those guys at $7, they are essentially uh, being asked to finish inside the top 21 this is a late close we are still hot we're We're done done. we're done close it down shut it down we're done all right we're gonna let the dust we're gonna let the dust settle here you let the dust settle yeah wow that was a late close there was a lot of um there was a lot of action i think that i lost a lot of guys in the last minute there so we'll have to find out here in a couple minutes (laughs) all right i'm gonna make sure i'm actually gonna give this one more second and give this a refresh but uh late close did did when you say you lost a lot of guys you were referring to being outbid at the last moment on these golfers yeah exactly bids that i had in and i was just kind of hoping for a close and then uh i looked up and i started getting notifications that 
I was outbid. So we'll kind of see how things shake out here at the end. But, um, you know, a couple of surprises down there in the in, in sort of the mid range, I think. All right. Well, let's take a peek. So uh, this is likely I think I've given it enough time to refresh your Jordan Spieth, your most expensive golfer, the only guy to get to $10. That to me is a little bit surprising. I thought we would have seen in a top heavy field where there's, I think, at least three very clear, strong players in Spieth, Thomas, and Morikawa. We would have seen three of them kind of get closer to that $10 mark. Spieth went for 10. Thomas went for nine and a quarter. And Morikawa, as of right this moment, and maybe it's a pre-rank uh, issue for Morikawa, at the moment looks to be one of the better values at $8.88. Yeah, Morikawa is one of those guys that I lost out on at the very end because he was hanging right there around eight fifty, dollars And uh, I assume some other people were thinking the same thing that I did and bid that up to eight eighty eight. But still, I think all in all, that's that's a very fair price for Colin. His Look, his floor is so low. Um, you just wonder, you know, you look at those past champions and I say this knowing that he lost in a playoff last year. So he was that close, but, um, the guys that just get really hot and great putters. And I just wonder that's kind of been his, his kryptonite over the last couple of weeks. So hope that you can get it right. But we know that he's probably the best iron player. If, if not one of the top three best on tour right now. So play should set up great for him. Before I forget, I've got $20 to give away, and it goes to Drew at Dressen, Dressen 3. Congratulations. I've got 20 more dollars to give away. We'll do it at the end of the show. Uh, okay, this this to me has to be one of the bigger surprises as well. Joe, Abraham answered 877. Not, I, I just thought that sentiment on him was maybe stronger, but he has the, mo- the fifth most expensive golfer, so maybe it was pretty strong. Yeah, I think it was pretty strong. You look at, you know, you could have paid another 11 cents for Colin Morikawa, who I think has a lot more upside than answer. That's a good good way to look at it. That said, um, yeah, still I think price route around where we thought he was going to be based on the public sentiment and the, the popularity of him this week. Reed at 876, Finau at 835, Connors at 820, our defending champion at 806. I'm trying to just look and see if anything anything on here stand out for the first call at 20 or so guys that was maybe a little bit surprising. Yeah, I'm a little biased because I got some shares of them, but what stood out to me was Dan Berger, right? Eight yeah. down there on that list. Um you know, if you look at the if you look at his betting odds right around 18 to one, uh, it seems like a pretty good price for him coming in, not only as a defending champ, but much better form than I had initially given him credit for when I saw this. So definitely willing to overlook him struggling on the ocean course last week and hopefully that he can, uh, you know, finish well this week. All right. We know you've got Daniel Berger. Let's go through who you have in your portfolio, Joe. OK, um, Sung J.M. So. Okay. It just kind of, I have just a feeling about Sung Jay this week. Like, it seemed like he they they showed him a lot on the coverage last week, and he was sticking his iron shots, which we're used to seeing from him. So the irons have kind of come back around. We know that he's hitting a lot of fairways. We know that he's putting relatively well. It just seems like a good course fit for him, and I feel like it may be a little bit of a buy low spot on Sung Jay. I think his final scoring was a little overshadowed because he went in the water a couple of times. He hit like he hit like he had like one or two bad swings at the end that really kind of changed his his um, yeah. his finishing position there. I I would agree with that. Okay, so Burger Sung Jay. Yeah, um, Matt Jones. So <laughs> Matt Jones has just been killing it. Um, you know, wanted the Honda type shorter course. Um, played pretty well last week in the tough conditions. 
you know, it, could we get a little bit of win this week? If we do, I'm not really worried about Matt Jones in those type of conditions. Just been playing really solid. Um, all the way down to $4 per share. I, I did take some Kevin Kisner. Um, you know, he was one I can remember like DraftKings and stuff like that last year. And and he was really high priced. It seems like you're getting such a discount on him this year because of the form. But I think Kisner is one of those guys. And he's actually said this before that he knows throughout the PGA Tour season, there's probably five, six courses that he really has the chance to win at. He knows that this is one of them. I think it's a spot that's been circled on his calendar for a while. He's done it before here. Good price on him. And then the last guy that I talked about, uh, Benny, um, just a flyer, was under $2.50, trending in the right direction. And I'm hoping I can just really kind of get a made cut from him and and see where we can kind of uh, shake things out over the weekend. For Joe, it's Berger, Sungjae, Jones, Kevin Kisner, and Benny on rounding out his portfolio for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, there is a comment that I absolutely just love the idea of this, Joe. So someone said, do you think they should add indexes like buy a, buy a package of players from Osho, which like I envision this like, okay, here are five bombers. I want to buy the bombers index i want to buy the bombers mutual fund or team no putt or or short game specialist or um like this would be amazing (laughs) okay i've never considered that that would be amazing that's fun too and the other thing that we've talked about which would be fun is kind of being able to to lengthen the time frame a little bit to maybe do this over a month or two months and just kind of buy low on guys and see how long you can hold on to it for uh so great idea i think that's a ton of fun I could name all Sea Island guys, uh, Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> like we could just do like I could name. Oh my god, this is past champions. Like you could do anything. This is oh that'd be so good. I really, I really do love that. Um, back to the board. I want to go a little bit further here. <clears throat> so yeah. we kind of talked through the six dollar range. You know, here's that Ryan Palmer, five dollars and ten cents. I think a lot of people didn't really know what to do with him. Um, he hit. He is in a lot of fantasy formats usually very valuable. This is the. Um, uh, he was $4 last week. So you're going, he's going for five ten this week at a course. We know he knows very well. I'm, I, I kind of dig this a little bit. I think it's going to be more volatile, but I, I kind of dig it. I think it's a very fair price for Palmer. No doubt about it. Streelman as well. You know, Justin Rose is right there who, you know, you can kind of dig into the stats and you see he's doing it all with the putter. But the bottom line is, is he's had a couple of really good finishes, right? Was leading the Masters essentially for three days. Um, PGA champ last week, top five. So these are difficult. These are tough events. And he's finishing well in the best field. So coming back to a place where he's won, maybe could potentially be some value there. I'm not normally a guy who takes a lot of Justin Rose, but um, seems like a very fair price if you are and you want to buy into that upside. The market said $4.26. That's what we're willing to pay for Phil Mickelson. That is asking him to finish 40th or better. If I know you don't have any Mickelson shares, Joe, but if I set the line at 40th or better for Phil, what side do you want on this? I think I'm going to I think I'm gonna take the over. I think he's got a <laughs> miscut coveted this week for Phil. Um, I'd be very surprised. You know, he's he's... It was kind of interesting that, you know, his family wasn't there and that's not a shot. It's just, I think it was the reality of travel and COVID and all this stuff and who knows what's going on. But I think that he's definitely a guy who wants to take a couple of days and enjoy it with his family, um, enjoy it with his wife, enjoy it with his daughter. So he probably went home. He's probably been cracking open some bottles of expensive wine. 
Uh, he's busy promoting the match part four, whatever we're on right now. So, yeah, I think the last thing on his mind is top 40 at the Chuck Schwab. It would be um... – it would be the mo- I tell you what, if he contends this week, it would be more impressive than last week, just because like, <laughs> like there's no reason for him to, there's just no reason. So I I'm very interested to see how it goes. I believe he's in a featured group with, ah, I forget. I had it up earlier. I don't remember what the featured group is, but obviously we're going to get, we're going to get plenty of Phil. We're going to get plenty of aviators. We're going to get plenty of uh, the coffee that he'll be drinking on his, on his morning tea time. And it should be a ton of fun. I mean, Joe, this is, this is a good course. I mean, people, uh, there, are they're all good courses on the pga tour but this is not only a course that i think uh, we like to view i think that it is it is um the players regard it very highly it seems to always get good vibes it might be wet might be really wet out there but it's it's it seems to always come up uh come up aces yeah and we have good winners here we have good finishes here uh, we've seen some electric sort of final couple whole stretches with the playoff last year and the Morikawa miscut. I can remember like a Spieth chip in here that was huge and that they got the crowd really going. So absolutely staple on the PGA Tour. Do you remember that one? I'm pretty sure I do. So, uh, so there's there's so much that happened when you know when golf came back, everything was going crazy, and we were doing the first cut like constantly. And I remember Spieth. I want to say it was Sunday and it was before the coverage started and Kyle was of course all in on speed and Mark was like, dude, he's terrible, whatever. So I'm, I'm pretty sure his first shot on Sunday, it could have been Saturday, but it was before the coverage yeah. and Mark is texting us shot for shot what he's doing. And it was like T shot on one right into the trees. And we were like, Oh God. Okay. Here great. And then it's like punch out in front of the green. And we're like, okay. And it's like chips in for birdie. I'm like, Oh my God, this was like the most speedy, this most speedy birdie we've ever seen. And we're getting it like texted to us, like in the group chat. It was, uh, it was classic stuff. I love it. At that point it's on. And, and no one thought he was joking either. It's totally expected when you talk right. to speed. Right. For sure. For sure. I've got 20 more dollars to give away. This is the final $20 that we will give away this evening. So before I reveal it, because I know you're all going to run out of here. Uh, hit the like button. I'll let this breathe for a second. Don't run away. It's AK Jeff. AK Jeff gets the last $20. We will send these over to our friends at Jock Market, and they will credit your account in the next one to 1,000 days. Um, usually it takes like a day. Yeah, I think so. I haven't heard anything differently. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard anything different. I haven't heard a single person like I didn't get my money. So yeah, they're good at it. <laughs> we know where to find them. Uh, cool, Joe, buddy. This is this is it. I mean, I, I know we kind of started at the top with the fact that this is the first event since since golf came back, but uh, you know, it, it feels like we've come so far. I mean, those were. We didn't know what to expect. There were no fans. It was weird. We're starting to finally get fans back again. It's feeling like golf again. Now, if we could just get rid of the mashed potato guy, I think we'd be all set. Yeah, mashed potato <laughs> guy. Yeah, he can go home. And, and the all right, all right, Brooksy. How about or that? Yeah, uh, or the, uh, God, what's the guy? Light the candle. What's it? Light the candle? Like there's a light the candle guy. Light yeah, the there's candle a Ripper guy. Magoo guy. Yeah, we got the guys. But no, it is good to see the fans back. Um, one year into this app, it's awesome. We all love it. We're legal in, I think, 36 states now. The desktop wow. version is coming soon. Canada is coming soon. So you guys who have been patiently waiting, they just secured a ton of funding. They're going to keep building up the team, keep making this better, and and just keep in mind, like, we're 365 days old here. It, it, we're all here for a reason, and I love this sort of community and the feel that we've built with all of your guys' help, with your help, Rick. So it's a ton of fun. I look forward to it every week, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. 
I certainly can't follow that. That'll do it. We'll be back same time, same place for the Power Hour next week, which is Memorial. No. Yeah, Memorial next week, I believe. Really? I Okay, awesome. I, I, I haven't even looked at the schedule, but that sounds like it could be right. <laughs> Memorial, Congaree, U.S. Open. Tori, sure I know. We're so close sure to Tori. I can't wait for that either. I got the shirt on. It came in the mail today. You see there that? There you go. You are ready to rock and roll. I love it. All right, buddy. We're out of here. We'll catch you same time, same place next week. But for now, good luck, and we'll catch you later.